listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. So, Matthew 25, as you as you know, that's the parable of the talents. <laughs> Caitlin said, I almost spit my water out on Justin's soundboard. Uh, Matthew 25 <laughs> is the parable of the talents. And I'm not going to, ha- I don't have to read the whole thing to you. We've read it many times before on the broadcast. It's found in Matthew 25. Let me paraphrase it. We know that the master dealt out to three of his servants talents. One got five, one got two, one got one based on their previous abilities. The master left town, and then when he came back, the one who'd been given five multiplied it and turned it into ten. The one who'd been given two multiplied it, turned it into four. The one who'd been given one buried it in the ground. And that's the part I will read. The one who buried it in the ground, it's very interesting. I'll start with Matthew 25, 24. He also, who had received one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. Verse 25, so I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But look at verse 26. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have scattered no seed. You ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received at least what was my own with interest. Look at this. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into outer darkness in that place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. So a few things I want to bring out about this before we jump into these ways that you can increase your gift. Number one, God expects increase, right? So put it in the comments, everybody that's watching, God expects increase. God is not okay. He's not okay with maintenance mode. That's huge. That is a massive principle in the kingdom, and I hope you catch this today. God expects increase. He's not okay with maintenance mode at all. In fact, look how he labeled it, wicked and slothful. God sees maintenance mode or cruise control in your life as wicked. That's so crazy that people don't see that. They don't understand it. The kingdom of God's based on increase. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn on the ear. We read Proverbs 4.18 all the time, where the Bible says that the path of the just is a shining light that shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. Our paths should be getting brighter every single day, every day. And so God expects increase. He's a God of increase. So when he sees cruise control or maintenance mode, look what the master called it, wickedness. It's wicked to be talented and gifted and stay in the same place. It's wicked to be talented and gifted and never move forward. Treading water. It's wicked. We are called to increase steadily. And then notice the numbers two thing I want to point out about this parable. Notice the thing that caused that servant to be in maintenance mode. He said, I was afraid. Oh man, if I could break this down, one of the biggest things that keeps people from stepping out in their gift, stepping out in their talent, stepping out in their anointing. You know what the biggest, one of the biggest things is fear, fear that they'll fail, fear that they won't be good enough, fear that people will make fun of them, Fear that people will think that they shouldn't be doing something like that and talk about them and say, well, who does he think he is? Who does she think she is stepping out trying to do that? She thinks she's got some little gifts, talents, and it's really fear. It's the main reason 
people don't step out. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid of uh, opposition. They're afraid of people's um, criticism. There's there's all kinds of reasons to, to have fear, but fear is displeasing to God and it's a sin. Romans 14, 23 says, anything that does not proceed from faith is sin. Anything, that's Romans 14, 23. Anything that does not proceed from faith is sin. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So catch this with me today. The devil wants us to be in fear so we won't act. So we won't step forward. Notice what kept the whole army of Israel back on the banks, hiding behind little trees and shrubs when Goliath was on the battlefield. Fear. Notice the thing that made David run out, faith. Faith moves you forward, fear moves you backward. Faith moves you forward because recognize this, truly there is no neutral or maintenance mode in the kingdom of God. As as someone commented a moment ago, if you don't use it, you lose it. You don't use it, you lose it. God took it from him and gave it to the one who had 10. There's no, you can't just, you're either going forward or you're moving backward. I would be afraid to go backward, my friend. I would be afraid to just tread water until I start sinking. Faith moves me forward. You're either moving forward or you're moving backward. No question about that. There is no neutral zone. There is no staying in the same place. When God gives you a word to move forward, you either obey and move forward or you lose ground. That's just how it works. You either obey and move forward or you lose ground. And you are anointed. You are talented. You are gifted. And so it's time to move forward. And so today, I'm going to give you steps to take so that you will move forward by faith and see increase in your gifts and talents. I'm talking about your natural gifts and talents. There are people watching this broadcast that you have raw talents, you have gifts. People, the Lord has uh, imparted to you things that he wants you to use for what he's called you to do. And so I'm going to show you how to take those things. Maybe they're in a very rough place right now. Maybe they're in a place where, uh, you know, it's like the, what you would call a diamond in the rough. You know, it still has to be cut, still has to be clean, still has to be polished, but it's still a diamond. You know, I don't care if it still needs to be cut down to the proper shape. I don't care if it needs to be polished. I don't care if it needs to be cleaned. Recognize something, it's still a diamond. So even though you might look at it in the natural right now and say, well, this is what I can do, but I can only do it to this degree. Yeah, that's because it may not, it may need to be cut down. It may need to be cleaned. It may need to be polished. And it does. All of our gifts and talents have to be polished. Anything you do, you have to continue to polish that thing towards perfection. Yes, that needs to be done. Don't forget though, it's still a diamond. Still a diamond. Ben Fole. Here's a man. That's another, people are jumping on. Perfect examples of what I'm teaching today. Ben Fole is another perfect example, just like Caitlin. Just like I told about Caitlin, when I first got around Ben, around 2010, 2011, right around that time, Ben was just picking up the base. Let me ask a question. Ben, how old were you, if you don't mind telling us, how old were you when you were in 2010, 10 years ago? How old of a guy were you when you were picking up the base for the first time, really? Because this this should show people. And Ben was 40 at that time. Now think about this. And not that 40 is old. I'm about 40. But, you know, most people don't pick up a new talent at 40 years old. You know, the world tries to tell us, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. You know, and Ben's not old. And I'm not old. But understand this. Um, Caitlin, if you don't mind telling us, how old were you two years ago when the Lord spoke? See, most of the time people think you got to start when you're really young. And if you didn't start when you're really young, you've lost out. Then you've missed it. Oh man, I can't do that now. I can't learn that now. You know, I'm 50, I'm 60. And then people think like that. Well, I can't do that now. I'm I'm this old. I've got, you know, 
I'm a grandma now. I'm a grandpa. You see? And people think they can't do it because of their age. That's not anywhere in the Bible. That's not anywhere in the Bible. Caleb said, I'm stronger today than when I was when I, when they sent me in as a spy. That was 45 years later. He was 85, 85 years old. And he said, I'm stronger today. There's no age that disqualifies you. In fact, I've said this often. Caitlin was 27. So think about this. Nobody is past their prime if they're full of the Holy Ghost. In fact, I want you to write it in the comments. If I'm full of the Holy Spirit, I can never be past my prime. Put that in the comments section. If I'm full of the Spirit, I can never be past my prime. That's very important. Very important because the devil, that's one of the lies he'll tell you. Well, you're too old to get into that. You're too old to start that now. You know, look at, you know, no, 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 no. You're never too old. You're never too old. You can't be past your prime if you're full of the Holy Ghost. Because if you're full of the Holy Ghost, that's the spirit of increase, the spirit of life, and it's never ending increase. You'll never stop increasing, no matter where you start. Can never be past your prime. I watched Ben, and Ben was just picking the base up, 40 years old, and I watched every year when I came back, better, better, better. Now he's masterful. It's been like 10 years. Now he's masterful, playing phenomenally, phenomenally. And you think about the fact, people would probably tell him, well, you couldn't do that. You can't do that. You're too old to get started on a new instrument. Are you kidding me? You're 40 years old. And now, just 10 years later, masterful. Not to mention all the other gifts and talents that he has. Guy's so smart, does stuff for a job that I couldn't even explain to you. He does it, I can't even explain it. Because he's gifted. He's talented. He's anointed. And you can increase your gift, you see? And so I want to give you, hey, Rohan, I want to give you practical steps that will help you today. First of all, identify what the gift is. This is not one of the steps, but you need to identify your gift. You can't work on it if you don't know what it is, obviously. Locate and identify your gifts and talents that God's placed in you for the purpose that's on your life. Locate them. Locate them. You know, I, I early maybe when I was in my mid-20s, I really started pressing in. Of course, I started playing... Most people that play the, the keyboard piano, they started when they were kids. I didn't start until I was like 18, you know. And so I've been playing for 20 years now, 21 years. And, um, you know, graphics design was another thing that I got into early on. But I was in my 20s, you know. But you have to keep pressing in. Video editing, video design, website uh, design, website creation, all these things. Um, and they all to different degrees, assisted me in my purpose as a minister. But I had to keep growing. I had to keep increasing in all those areas. I'm still increasing in all those areas. And so public speaking, you know, all the things that God's used you to do for your purpose, you got to increase those things. But locate them first. Know what they are. Know that they need work. So fear stops you from using them. But watch this. Pride stops you from working on them. Man. You got to see this. You got to see this. Fear stops you from using them. Pride stops you from working on them. That's crazy because fear doesn't want you to step out. Pride tells you, oh, you don't need to work on that. You're already good enough. You don't need to practice. You don't need to do this. You don't need to uh, hone your skills. You don't. I look at Jenna, who's on, who works with us, <clears throat> Jenna Joyner. When she started working with Miracle Word Ministries years ago, you know, she she didn't have the skills that she has now. I mean, she didn't, she took on tasks, she took on tasks that she had never done before. You know, I told Jenna, I was like, you know, we need to create, <laughs> I was like, um, you know, we're, we're launching, back when we launched Miracle Word Radio, I said, we're, we're launching the radio, we need to, we need to have an app. Our, our, our ministry needs to have an app. Well, she's never built an app before. She's never created an app. But you know what? She's full of the Holy Ghost. And she has wisdom from heaven. She'll never say, I can't do something. And so she said, yeah. 
Absolutely. And then Jenna went and built an app. <laughs> and so now the app that you have, that you see that we have, you know, Jenna, who had never built an app before, was able to get in there, work with the company, built the app. Why? Don't ever say you can't. Fear stops you from stepping out. Pride stops you from honing your gifts. Watch those two things. Fear stops you from stepping out. Pride stops you from honing your gifts. Well, I don't need to work on that. I'm already good enough. Excellence is something we strive for on a daily basis. So, and Tyler said it's all in the firing. <laughs> so catch this. Very important. Jenna does rock. So I want to talk about some of these things because I want you to write them down and I want you to get them in your spirit because I want to see you increase. I want to watch you as you increase. And look how many people around the world now benefit from Miracle Word Radio because she was faithful to do what she did. Now there's people all over the world that listen to the Mir- to Miracle Word Radio on a daily basis and write us and tell us. And if the, if the internet goes out in our neighborhood or where, where the thing is, even for five minutes, we start getting text messages and emails. They were, the radio's down, the radio's down. You know what I tell it? Because they're listening. They're listening from all over the world. People are listening on the app and having their faith built because she was faithful. I didn't do that. She did it. See what I mean? And so your faithfulness makes an impact. Your faithfulness makes an impact. So I want to talk to you about this. Let me give you these seven things. I want you to write them down and I want you to implement them in your life and watch as your gift increases. Amen. In these final six months of the year, your gift and your talent is going to explode in productivity and fruitfulness in Jesus' name. Number one, the first thing that I want you to uh, understand about how to increase your gift is that you have to schedule times of increase. That's number one. Schedule times of increase. Schedule times of increase. That's number one. Faithfulness. See, one thing I was studying is I was I was doing a lot of writing. I'm still doing a lot of writing. But in my writing, I wanted to read what other writers that are successful have said about writing. And one of the things that I, I see so many of them say is they say this, no matter how you feel about writing, you know, you're a writer, no matter how you feel about it, no matter what's going on that day, no matter if you have writer's block or whatever you might have, if you feel uh, passionate, if you feel inspired, if you feel writer's block, if you feel lethargic, doesn't matter, write for at least an hour a day. They all, I've, I've heard so many of them and read so many of them say that, write for at least an hour a day. And the reason they're saying that is, is because they're saying you might write a lot of crap that you hate, but it'll lead you to stuff that you like. And just the act of writing gets you into the discipline of writing and it gets you into the habit. It gets your brain into the creative place and then you continue doing it. And the more you do it, the more you get better. You can't get better without doing it. The more you do something, the better you get. And so what they're telling you and what I'm telling you today is schedule your increase. So determine what that thing is. If if you're a guitar player, then you need to spend at least an hour a day honing those skills on the guitar. If you're a drummer, if you're a graphic designer, if you do web design, if you do print design, if you, you know, whatever you may do, public speaking, if you're, a, you know, I don't, it doesn't matter what it is. Take your gift and your talent and find a way to schedule it. And the reason I say schedule is because if you say you're going to do it when you get some free time, you'll never do it. Just like prayer, just like reading the word of God. If you just say, I'll do it when I get some free time, you will never do it because stuff fills up your free time. And so you have to schedule it like you'd schedule a meeting. You put it on your calendar, on your phone. You say, I don't care. I'm not taking any calls. I'm not putting any meetings. I'm not doing any errands. Nothing's going to take the place of this time. Because see, if you consider your gift and your talent important, then it's important enough to give it time, right? You consider an appointment important. That's why you schedule the appointment. That's why you go meet with the person. You, you understand all those other things are important. That's why you put them on your calendar. Your gift and your talent are just as important 
as anything else. And in fact, I would argue more important because God's anointed you. He's given you a purpose. He's given you a calling and your purpose is uh, assisted by your gifts and your call, your gifts and your talents. So if God gave them to you, they're worth honing and you'll never hone them if you don't schedule time to hone them. And so let me encourage you with this. You've got to schedule your increase, schedule the increase of your gift, schedule the increase of your talent. doesn't matter. Make it, make it a routine. If you have to get up and go somewhere in the morning, maybe you want to do it before you have to go to work or before you have to go to school. Maybe you want to do it first thing when you get back, but it's, it's never random. Increase is never random. As pastor Bill Motley is saying in the comments, increase doesn't just happen. You schedule your increase. I'm scheduling my actions, which are seeds that will produce a harvest that I desire. Everything you release from your life is a seed. You practicing and honing your gifts and talents, that's a seed that's going to bring back a harvest of excellence in your gifts and talents. And so you've got to schedule that increase. You've got to declare it. Today, I'm going to take an hour and work on what God's anointed me to do. And as as I've watched Caitlin do, as I've watched Ben do and many others of you, Jenna, all those that work with us, listen, I've watched them get better and better and better at what they do. That doesn't come randomly. It comes because they pressed in and they honed and they worked. And so let me just encourage you with this thought. It's not, it's not, don't look at, don't ever look at your gift or your talent as a hobby. Worst thing you could ever do. It's the worst thing you could ever do. Look and say, well, you know, that's my hobby, playing the guitar. But if you play at your church, it's not a hobby. Well, they don't pay me. I just kind of volunteer. It's not a hobby. It's your calling. It's part of your gift. It's your talent. Hone it. Hone it. Rohan's in Jamaica. Love you, buddy. Hone that thing. Schedule that time. Set it up and press in. Can I tell you, if you spent an hour a day, think about it. If you spent an hour a day doing what you're gifted to do, imagine the increase that would hit you because you were faithful with that time. And and I'm going to give you a couple other things that go around this to help you see how far you've come. But understand this, an hour a day, you'll already be in the top 10 percentile of people giving themselves to their gift. Whatever it is, schedule the time and get going. Number two, find a way. This is so important. Find a way to stretch yourself in your gift and your talent. Stretch yourself. Anybody can do things they know they can do. Start doing something in your gift and talent that you don't think you can do. If you're a musician, take on a really hard piece of music that you don't think you can play. If you're a guitar player, find one of your favorite guitar solos that you think, man, I would never be able to replicate that solo. You know, something like that. If you, if you're a graphic designer, if you're whatever, look at a piece of of art or graphic design and say, I'm going to replicate that. Exactly. I used to do that early, early years of learning how to use Photoshop and other applications to be a graphic designer. I would pick out a really, really professional piece of artwork uh, that someone did for a brand or a company and say, you know what? I'm going to recreate that from scratch exactly as close as I can get it so that I can learn all the techniques that they use to make something at that level. Say, well, I'm just a start. Find a way to stretch yourself. Find something that you don't think you could do and attack that thing as a project. And watch, it builds faith in your gift. It builds faith in you. It builds faith in the Holy Spirit that's helping you. As you do something, say, I I don't know, I couldn't do that. That's like way beyond my talents. That's way beyond. No, don't do, don't say that. Take something that stretches you because here's the thing. It's the same with, you know, working out at the gym. If I just went in, (laughs) you're very kind, Ben. If, if, if I just went into the gym every day and, and just set 135 pounds on the bench press and just every day pumped out 135, 135, 135. I can stay there for the rest of my life, but I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to grow. You have to challenge yourself to stretch. Throw some more weight on that bar. So I don't know if I can do that much. Do it anyway. 
Do it anyway. Get somebody to spot you. Put yourself on the, and then you'll sometimes you'll surprise yourself and be like, man, I can push that. You didn't think you could, but you can. You're stronger than you thought you were. Well, I'll say the same thing to you. You're more talented than you thought you were. You're more gifted than you thought you were. Take something that you didn't think you can do, stretch yourself with it, and say, I am going to do this. I'll play it. I'll design it. I'll sing it. I'll speak it. Whatever it is. And stretch. See, because here's the thing. If you don't stretch, if you don't stretch yourself, there will be no growth. There will be no growth. You'll just stay in the same rut that you were always in all the time. Same stuff. Same stuff. You don't want to be there. That's not where you want to be. I'm telling you, this is something you need to share because people need to hear this. They need to hear this. You've got to stretch yourself and do what you might seem like, oh, see, isn't it interesting? Look at David. David, who was anointed, and he was anointed to be a warrior, if you didn't know. It's interesting to me that there was no in-between for David. Isn't that crazy? He went from like lions and bears, wild animals, and then transferred all the way directly to seasoned, battle-hardened giant. There was like, there was no in-between. If you don't think that stretched his faith as a warrior, <laughs> let me tell you, it did. Let me let me just say it this way. It's, uh, it's one thing to deal with a mountain lion that's crept into a sheepfold. Another thing to deal with a bear that's like nosing around the sheepfold. You know, you end up killing those two, which he was anointed to do. But it's a whole nother thing to go out and stand on a battlefield against a battle-hardened giant who has armor and weapons and has killed many men before you. It's a big difference. That was a stretch to go from mountain lion and bear to battle-hardened giant. There was no in-between though, was there? He didn't go from like, you know, lions and bears to then like, you know, one inexperienced soldier to then like, you know, three inexperienced soldiers to like, you know, then like a captain of the guard and then finally Goliath. No, he jumped. He jumped and his faith let him jump. And I want you to hear this. Let your faith let you jump in your gift and say, you know what? If I can do what God's anointed me to do in my purpose, then you know what? I am going to attempt things that I didn't even think I could do. I am going to step out and do things that I didn't think I could do and watch as the Holy Spirit helps me to do what I'm called to do because he's the one that gifted me anyway. He's the one that talented me anyway. You know, it's interesting. And, and I, I understand I started in, in, in places that, but I can remember, you know, sometimes you have to depend on your gift and your talent I remember, man, I got a text from my, my friend, uh, John Perkey yesterday who pastors in Kansas. And, uh, I remember he invited me to preach one time. I wasn't even really a preacher yet. I mean, I was because I was called to be, I'd spoken a few times here and there in a youth group, but he was like, Hey, we got our camp going on. I think we held it in Nebraska or somewhere. He was like, I want you to come out. He said, I'll even have you preach. You know, and I was like, preach. I was 17 years old. 17 years old at the most, I may have stood up. My uncle Tim may have had me stand up in our church and just kind of read a couple of verses to the crowd and maybe expound upon them or, you know, encourage people or exhort them. I may have gotten up in my youth group, which had maybe 20, 30 kids in it and, you know, said a few things to them. But now I'm out at this youth camp. There's like a few hundred kids, <laughs> you know, three times the size of the average church in America. And I'm sitting there at 17 years old thinking to myself, oh my Lord, I, I have to preach to like several hundred of my peers. You know, I wasn't, I hadn't been to Bible school. I hadn't trained to preach. I, you know, none of that. And I remember the day that I had to do it. It was a morning service. That makes it even worse. You don't even have all day to like prepare yourself. I, I remember I woke up at like 5 a.m. I mean, the service was at like 10 or something. 10 or 11, I was up at like 5 a.m. in the dorm, like praying, you know, praying that God would anoint me, praying that I'd have the words to say. I mean, I was, I was sure that I'd be able to speak for like six minutes and I'd be done for. It was a stretch of my anointing, stretch of my faith. But you got to be willing to step out and do things that stretch you, 
or you'll never grow. And I was sitting there praying and praying and praying and praying and praying in the Holy Ghost and praying in English and praying in the Holy Ghost, pacing back and forth, hoping God would give me something anointed to say. And I went out there and the Holy Ghost came on me and I started preaching. I don't know how good it was, but I felt the anointing. And as I was preaching, a kid in the crowd felt faith in his spirit. You've heard me tell the story. The day before he had broken his leg playing football and came walking down to the altar as I was preaching with his cast on, with his crutches. He said, I believe if you pray for me right now, it wasn't even the altar call. I was still preaching. He said, I just feel if you'll pray for me right now, God will heal me. I laid hands on the kid, instantly threw the crutches down, started stomping that foot, that cast into the cement ground of the outdoor tabernacle we were sitting in. No pain. All pain left him. God healed his broken foot, broken leg, instantly healed. I was 17. I I had no experience, but sometimes you've got to stretch yourself. You've got to go beyond what you think you can do. And you've got to take those steps because you want to see growth. Don't keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over. Grow, go beyond it. That's number two. Tackle things you think you can't do. Number three, well, here's the answer. How do you do that? How do you tackle things that are so massive and and then accomplish and complete them? This is huge, and and I, I hope you catch this. Number three is this. Take small bites as you're doing those huge things. Take small bites. That's like the old adage, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One bite at a time. So what do you got to do? You take the thing that you want to do next. Let's say you're a guitar player or you're a piano player and you choose this really complex piece of music and you're like, I'm going to play this. Well, break the thing down. Break it down bar by bar by bar. Don't try to go and play the whole piece and get frustrated when you can't properly play the whole piece. Break it down and master each bar of the music. If I mean... The smaller you start, the easier it is to tackle those large things. And I'm telling you, that's what you've got to do. I remember starting it when I was first starting to play the piano. One of the things that I, I started to do, I wanted to be able to play pieces like, you know, stuff that Chick Corea had done on piano. And he's like one of the most phenomenal jazz players of our generation. And I... I picked up some Chick Corea pieces. I picked up some classical pieces. And I was like, you know, I know I'm a beginner at this, but I want to be able to play some of these things. And so what did I do? I sat down and I said, all right, I'll slow it way down. And I just want to be able to play the first lick in the song. And so I sat there and slowly at not even half speed, maybe quarter speed, sat there and worked on that thing at about a quarter of the speed until I could do it, my dexterity got better and better, better. I could speed it up, do that, that lick half speed. Then I could do it full speed. Then I could do it without mistakes. And once I'd gotten that whole beginning part down, I can now move on to the next piece and master that. Then I can tie them together. And see, as you're taking small bites, and I actually heard Chick Corea say this one time. He was like, the best way to do anything complex is to do it in small portions and master them like small goals. You know, Uh, for people that are graphic designers, it's not realistic for you to say, well, I'm going to sit down today and master Photoshop. Well, you can't master Photoshop in a day, you know, but maybe sit down and say, okay, today I'm going to master everything there is about the pen tool. And I'm going to learn how to make uh, uh, beziers. I'm going to make, I'm going to learn, I'm going to learn how to make curved lines. I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to make uh, uh, straight shapes. I'm going to learn how to make, I'm going to learn how to crop things out with the pen tool. If you don't know what photo, all these things I'm talking about Photoshop, just disregard it. But I'm talking about one of the tools in the program. I'm going to learn this. And today I'll spend an hour or two hours mastering everything I can about the pen tool. And, And then you take small bites. And after you've done that, Maybe you take a week and then you know everything there is about to know about that tool. Then you can say, I'm going to go and, and move on. And now I'm going to learn the marquee tool. Now I'm going to learn the, you know, I'm going to learn how masking works. And I'm going to learn how to do masks and, you know, all that. You take it step by step, bite by bite, and you move forward. Every day you're doing something that's moving you forward in faith to accomplish the purpose that you've been given by honing your gifts and your talents. It's taking you higher. It's taking you higher. And so let me encourage you. Take small bites. Nick said, that's what I'm doing with my investment licenses and the hall pass to get me to the final four licenses. 
Each next thing. Same with hiring. Exactly. You take small bites. You move forward in faith. Every day. Exactly. John Davison said, that's how I learned video editing from YouTube. Lots of great videos out there for free. And that's my fourth tip. That's number four. Use free tools to increase your gift. Let me say, in the day in which we live, 2020, there is no excuse to not be able to learn something. And I totally agree with John. You can learn literally anything on YouTube and it's free. I mean, literally you can use, you can use YouTube to learn anything, whether that be how to design, how to use any program. I mean, like any program that's out there for, for computer, somebody's on YouTube making a tutorial about it. I mean, anything you want, you want to learn how to sew, you want to learn how to make clothes, you want to learn how to, uh, I mean, it doesn't matter if you want to learn up how to set up, um, uh, an internet network in, in an office building. I mean, anything you can, if you want to learn, how, see, you know, how to unclog your toilet. If you want to learn how to start a landscaping business, you want to learn how to landscape properly. You want to learn how to use power tools. You want to learn how to build a house. Everything is on YouTube. It's insane. It's like this massive free university. Yeah, how to do your makeup, how to do your hair. I mean, all these things. Winged eyeliner. I've personally never done that one, but I'm sure it's there, Carissa. <laughs> Everything is there. And I'm blown away. People think YouTube is something to watch funny cat videos on. It is the greatest tool that we have in the natural realm as uh, students. You can learn anything, anything. It would blow your mind for me to tell you the things that I've learned on YouTube and you can learn anything. You know, my wife knows if I've got a new project, if I'm trying to accomplish something new, she knows the kind of person I am. I'll stay up till five in the morning watching YouTube tutorials on how to do this thing. And then the next day I'll know how to do everything about that. Look at that. Ty said, my husband starting, started fixing laptops and PCs. Thanks to YouTube. He edits thanks to YouTube and God's blessed him indeed. Absolutely. Caleb knows what I'm talking about. Caleb uh, edits videos well. Caleb knows. You can learn anything. Rohan said, I learned how to tie a tie from YouTube. Anything. It's all there and it's free. You know, I encouraged people. Um, I encouraged people in, in my book, Unhang Your Harp. I said, you know, if you want to be a phenomenal guitar player, bass player, piano player, drummer, there's no excuse today to not become one. Do you realize that you could sit down as, as a bass player and look up all the greatest bass players of the last 50 years and see videos of them playing live. You could literally take each video and learn how to play exactly what they're playing and be able to emulate them exactly. And by the time you're done in your faithfulness and diligence, you could emulate every great bass player from the last 50 years and know all their licks, all their chops, all their techniques. And there's no excuse. It doesn't cost you a dime to do it. You could sit in your room and do it with your laptop and learn it all. Same with anything else. And I always tell people that when you hit a roadblock, uh, you know, in your writing, you know, whatever it might be, when you hit a roadblock, go to YouTube and bust through it. Learn. Learn how to do the thing you don't know how to do. You know, I was, my, uh, my kids, I was talking to my son, Teddy, and we were, we were watching something on YouTube. He has YouTube kids channels that he watches. And we saw these kids making a box for it. And I thought a box for it, you know, it'd be cool, Teddy, if we made a, a tree house, a tree house. And his eyes got big. He was like, yeah. And I was thinking about tree houses. Like I did when I was a kid where you just like nailed some boards to a tree I went on YouTube and searched uh, building tree houses from scratch. These people are building full out houses in trees like we would live in laying. I mean, like I went on there and you got people making Home Depot runs, building floors you know, foundations in the tree, augers so they can put posts in the ground. You go up, they're actually buying whole window treatments and window setups. So they're installing windows like professionally, 
putting up drywall. I'm like thinking to myself, good Lord, these people are serious. But I mean, literally anything you want to learn. And and look at Elijah, who said 75% of what I know about photography is from YouTube. I agree. That's how I learned photography and the skills of photography and videography and a lot of things about graphic design and video editing and website creation and coding, all these things. You can learn it for free. There's no reason to have to pay any more. You don't have to pay any more. If you're diligent, see, here's the thing. If you will schedule your increase, look at that. Letty said, I thought if I learn one word a day, by the end of the year, I'll know 365 words. And I did that by faith. And by the end of the year, I knew more than 365. Letty, were you talking about when you were, was that learning English you're talking about? That's amazing. That's amazing. And that's the discipline I'm talking about is that every day you're going to move forward. Every day you're going to learn something new by faith. Every day you're going to increase your gift and your talent. Every day. I refuse to stop moving forward. I refuse to stop moving forward. And so YouTube and other free resources that are online, make use of them. Don't just watch, you know, funny stuff or, you know, you use it to learn and to move forward in your gift and your talent. I mean, it blows my mind. You know what's what's happened? I'll tell you what's happened is that back when I was coming up, you know, all of the best, um, all of the best musicians were like older. Now it's flip-flop because of YouTube. So many good musicians are so young. We got kids. I watch YouTube videos of these kids that are killing it on guitar, killing it on the bass, killing it on the drums, killing it on the Hammond organ, killing it on their, on their horn. You know, it's like, it blows my mind. But you know what? They've got such a hunger to be great that they'll just sit there and learn and learn and learn and learn on YouTube, learn all those licks, learn all those things. And it's like, they blow up. By the time they're 20, they're like monsters. They're monsters. So it blows your mind. You can go very quickly forward by using free tools to hone your gift and your talent. Absolutely, you can. Absolutely, you can. So number one, schedule your increase. Number two, find a way to stretch yourself. Number three, take small bites and don't get discouraged. Number four, use free tools. And then number five, that's awesome, Nick. Number five, log your performances. Number five, write it down. Log your performances. Log them. If you have to take a video of yourself on your phone doing what you're doing, if you have a, um, if you have a, um, oh, why did it slip my mind? What's it called when you send your, uh, if you're an artist and you send your um, portfolio? If you have a portfolio, Letty, uh, Caitlin, anybody that's doing work, I encourage you start a portfolio so that, you know, look back two years ago. Okay. This is the stuff I was making two years ago on my computer. This is stuff I was designing two years ago. Then you have, and you can look through the years. Look at now, look how far you've come in two years. Look at the stuff you're designing. Now you keep moving forward. And then you can look back. See, it's important to log your log, your performances because it, it not only shows you your growth over time, but also it gives you an objective ear or eye on what needs work in your life. You see that? It doesn't show you just your progress. It also gives you an objective eye or ear for what you need to work on next. It's very helpful. So if you're a musician, record yourself playing. And then go back and listen to that performance and listen to it and listen to it. You'll be able to pick out the mistakes. You'll be able to listen to that timing. You'll be able to know what needs to change. Um, if you, and that's the other thing, Taya, you know, if we're an editor, there's so many um, online, you can use Fiverr. You, there's so many websites now that'll do copy editing, proofreading, 
Just Google it. You'll find great stuff. And there, you know, because there's so many options, it's cheaper and cheaper than ever before. But think about it as you, um, as you continue, you can listen back and hear the mistakes, hear what needs to change. But also if you keep a log of those recordings, go back and listen to yourself playing guitar a year and a half ago and listen to yourself playing guitar today. If you've been faithful, you'll like, you'll be like, man, I didn't realize, realize I've come that far. Can you imagine going back and listening to, to yourself seven years ago or going back and li- looking at artwork you did 10 years ago? I mean, I can still do it and I can see the change, <laughs> but I mean, imagine you can log it. If you're a public speaker, speak and do a public speech, maybe in your room, whatever it is, there's Ted Melton. I guarantee you, Ted Melton did not, uh, he's not today where he is at the same place he was 10 years ago building. I guarantee you he's much better today than he was 10 years ago. And if you can look back at what you did back then, if you can log your performances and see, you take pictures. I know a lot of builders take pictures of things they've built for people and things they've installed in people's houses. You look at those things and you look back and you say, man, I've definitely honed that skill from 10 years ago. You know, I know Ben can tell the difference between how he played 10 years ago and how he plays today. Logging your performances, it's encouraging because you see your growth, but you can still look and see what needs work. And that is so vital, so vital. Because if you don't stay introspective, if you don't stay introspective, then you'll think you've come far enough. That's dangerous. I've come far enough. I don't need to work anymore. What ends up happening is pride sets in. You can look at how how far you've come and you say, well, I've come far enough. Don't ever believe you've come far enough. Don't ever believe you've done too much. Don't ever look at yourself that way and think that, oh, that's that's plenty. I've come. No, no, no. Keep moving forward. That's why one of the things that's important when you log your performances that, that number six is very important too. And the sixth tip I'm going to give you is surround yourself with people who push you. That is so vital. Surround yourself with people who push you. You know, remember when I was a, a kid, like, you know, growing up in West Virginia, and I loved, loved playing basketball. I mean, I loved it. I ended up being on a state championship team in 1999. I loved playing basketball. I mean, I was just remembering this when I went home uh, last week and was at my parents' house and thought to myself, told my wife, I said, you know, when I was a kid, teenager, whatever, when summertime was around, we would leave our homes because the town I grew up in had a ton of kids living in it. We would leave our homes in the morning, like around 10, 11 in the morning, and we would leave and go out into the town Most of the time, we would go down to the basketball court and there'd be like 15, 20 kids down there. And we would play basketball all day long and wouldn't come home till the sun went down. We loved it so much. We'd just be out there playing all day long until the sun went down. We might take a break and walk down to a local convenience store, buy some drinks, get some chocolate donuts, come back and keep on playing. Keep on playing. One of the things that helped me as a player is that I was one of the younger guys and there were a lot of guys in my neighborhood that were older than me. I was still in middle school. They'd been in high school. They were older than me. They were stronger than me, faster than me, you know, and so, and better than me. But one of the things that I didn't do is sit around and complain. Well, why can't I play with guys my age? How come I can't play? Where's the guys my side? No, I wanted to play with those guys. I can remember when I first was, quote unquote, allowed to play with those bigger guys. You know, I, I remember in fifth grade, sixth grade, looking down there and being like, man, I want to play in those games. But obviously, you know, those guys that are like, you know, juniors and seniors in high school, whatever, they're not going to want to play with a fifth grader on the team. But I got big fast and I'm a bigger guy. And I, and I remember by the time I got to like seventh grade and, and whatever, and I was, I was getting pretty big. I was probably close to six foot by seventh grade. 
And um, I was like, man, I want to start playing with these guys. I can remember when they started letting me play with them. And I wasn't doing well, but I remember myself getting better, better, better. You know what I didn't do as a seventh grader? Go, go, go to some local kindergarten or, or you know, primary school and try to get on the court with a bunch of second graders and dominate them. Smack every shot that they shot, you know, steal the ball from them, dunk on them. You know, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to play with the guys that were older than me, bigger than me, better than me, stronger than me. Why? It made me better. It made me better. And that's the same exact thing that you've got to do. I can remember it was it was like a huge, um, it was really like a huge benefit for me. You know, if you were a freshman at my high school, you didn't play with the varsity. Like you just didn't. They had a separate freshman team. I can remember uh, how awesome it was that even some of those varsity guys would let me play around with them and practice with them and stuff. And then by the time I was a sophomore, I was on the varsity team. Like I I can remember the benefit of staying around people that push you to go higher, to go faster, to go harder. And the Bible talks about that. The Bible talks about that in Proverbs chapter 27. And the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. You've got to be around people that push you to go higher, to go faster. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. See, because if not, you'll never increase. And one of the things that helps you is when you begin to understand, if I keep people around me, and Ben was joking around about it earlier, he said, you can practice or you can just play with Ted. Well, I mean, we're the type of music we do, it stretches you to be able to play that. But, and I'm sure Ben was finishing those nights with cramps in his hands on the bass, but it pushes you. But one of the things is if you don't get introspective and you don't keep a vision of people around you in your eyes that are higher level, you'll sink. You know, they've proven that you're basically become the average of, of the five people you hang out with the most. You become the average. That's why the guys that I play with, I always want to surround myself with guys better than me. The band that travels with me when we travel, all of them are better than me on their instrument. They're all better than I am. You know, if you've ever seen me play with Big John Grimsley on the bass, he's a better bass player than I am a keyboard player. Tim Adams on the guitar, he's a better guitar player than I am a piano player. Brad Strobel on the drums, he's a better drummer than I am piano player. But when I get all those guys together and we start playing together, it pulls me up to another level and makes me a better player. You've got to keep people around you that are at a higher level than you so that you keep striving to go higher. One of the things that I talk about in the newest book, Further Faster, is comparison. It's, it's, it's in one sense, you know, we're in a negative, in a negative connotation, we're told not to compare ourselves among ourselves. And the Bible says that, and it is true. You shouldn't negatively compare yourself with somebody else. Well, why don't I have that? Well, why can't I have that? Why am I not working that job? Why don't I have that car? In a negative way, you don't want to compare yourselves among yourselves in a a prideful way. But on the other side of that, remember that the apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Remember that he told the Corinthian church that follow me as I follow Christ. Well, what's the, what's the importance of that? (laughs) In order to do that, you have to be able to compare your life to the apostle Paul's right? You can't uh, imitate him, as one translation says. I think it's 1 Corinthians 11. 1. I, you can't imitate someone if you don't compare what you're doing to what they're doing. So in the book, when I'm talking about proper comparisons, you know, we want to become more like Jesus, but we can't become more like Jesus unless we compare our lives with Jesus' life. So there is some comparison. It's just not negative comparison. It's not greedy comparison. It's not um, covetous comparison. But one thing you should always do when you're looking to compare your life, never compare backwards. Always compare forwards. Please put that in the comments section. Never compare backwards. Always compare forwards forwards. That is a massive point that I wish people would catch in the body of Christ. 
Because you know what happens? Uh, when you compare backwards, it makes you lackadaisical. When you compare yourself to people that are behind you, because here's what you start saying. Well, at least I'm not like them. Well, at least I'm doing more than they're doing. Well, at least I'm not like that. That's exactly what happens when people start comparing backward. Don't ever do that. Always compare forward. Find people that are far beyond where you are in your gift or talent and compare your life to theirs. Always look to them and say, that's what I could be. That's what I can become. That's what I can achieve. That's where I can go. That's why I want to compare forward. I don't want to compare my ministry to people that aren't doing anything and then think to myself, well, at least I'm not like that guy. He's not even doing anything for the Lord. No, I want to look forward at the ministries that are crushing it for the kingdom of God, that are going hard and seeing fruitfulness and seeing productivity. And I want to look at them and say, man, that's powerful. I want to be able to do something like that. I want to go in that direction. I want to be able to accomplish something like that. Compare forward. Don't compare backwards. Compare to what you want to be, not what you've already surpassed. You see, compare to what you want to be, not what you've already surpassed. And finally is number seven. The thing that you need to do daily is ask God for increase. Ask God for increase. Did you know the Bible says in the book of James chapter one and verse five, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and will not rebuke them for asking. So if you need more, ask God for more. If you're believing for increase, ask God to increase your gift and your talent. Ask him to help you. Ask him to anoint your hands to play. Ask him to anoint your voice to sing. Ask him to anoint your mouth to speak. Ask him to anoint your mind to code and to design and to do whatever it is. Create websites, whatever you're doing. Ask God to anoint you to do those things because remember this. When you're using your talents and your gifts, you are activating your purpose. So if you're activating your purpose, you're pleasing the Lord because it's what he's called you to do. So of course he wants to see you doing what he's called you to do. Of course he wants to see you increasing in your gifting and in your calling. And so your prayer is a kingdom prayer. Lord, anoint my hands to play to bring glory to your name. Anoint my voice to sing to bring glory to your name. Anoint me to create these websites so that I can be blessed and bring glory to your kingdom and be a sower and in my let my let my business explode so that I can have more to be a sower and a generous giver in the kingdom of God. Those are kingdom prayers that God will honor. Because he's the one that gifted you. He's the one that gave you talents. Let me give you this before we pray. This needs to be kept in our minds. Psalm 75, verses six and seven. For not from the east or from the west and not from the south comes the lifting up or promotion. But it is God who executes judgment, putting down one and lifting up another. So promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or the south. Promotion comes from the Lord. Promotion only comes from the Lord. And God has a desire to promote you. He has a desire to increase you. Amen. He has a desire to promote you. He has a desire to increase you. And when you step out in your gifts, in your talents, see, because that's what God wants you to do. Step out in those gifts and in those talents. Increase is coming to you. Schedule your increase. Put it on your calendar. Number two, find a way to stretch yourself. Take small steps. Take small bites. Use the free tools that are available to you. Log your performances. Surround yourself with people that will increase you and ask God for increase. I'm going to pray for you because understand something. I want you to know 
that this is going to be a year. When I say violent increase, I know some people listen to me preaching on that and they're believing for, you know, just to be, you know, financial increase. And it will be, it will be, but it's more than that. It's God increasing you in your gifts. He's increasing you in your talents. He's increasing your business. He's increasing your ministry. He's increasing your family. He's increasing your children. You see what I mean? It's increase in every area of your life. So when I say violent increase, I'm talking about every area is going higher. Every area is going higher. And these final six months, that's why we're stepping out, prayer, fasting, believe in God, because God's going to bless us. He's going to take us higher. No question. And I'm going to pray for you because here's what I'm believing for. That before this year comes to an end, you see such a violent increase that it blows the minds of natural men. I keep saying it because I want you to hear it. Psalm 126, it was said among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. When heathen are testifying on your behalf, that's a good day. That's a good day. And so let me pray for you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I'm praying now for every man, every woman watching or listening. I ask you in the mighty name of Jesus, increase them today in their gifts and in their talents. Never let us become people that are satisfied with where we are currently. Never let us be satisfied with our previous victories. But give us a hunger to go higher. Give us a hunger to increase. Give us a hunger to move into what you've called us to do and let it be so rapid. I mean, just like you did, Lord, for Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as everybody else in the natural world was increasing, by the time the tests were done, they were head and shoulders above the rest because they obeyed you and they were faithful to you. They were head and shoulders above the rest. Do that for us, Lord. Let that be the story of your children. Let our businesses be head and shoulders above the rest. Let our, our ministries, let our families, let our finances, let our, everything we put our hand to do, let us be head and shoulders above the rest. Use us as your examples of what you can do in a person who believes in your word and obeys it. Make us a spectacle in our generation, in Jesus' mighty name. And I pray, Lord, that before this year comes to an end, we would see so much fruit produced. We would see so many things come to pass because of our obedience to follow after what you've called us to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for it. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And if you believe it, I want you to write this in the comments, just like I prayed. Lord, make me a spectacle. Put it in the comments. Lord, make me a spectacle. That's what I'm believing for, is that God makes us like a shining light, a city that's set on a hill that cannot be hidden, that people look up to and point at and say, my goodness, how did that happen? How did that happen? Lord, make me a spectacle in Jesus' name. You should have so much knowledge, so much ability, so much talent that people come up to you and be like, man, how'd you learn all that? How did you learn all that? You, how do you know all this? How do you know all this? God's going to make you a spectacle in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. He's going to make you a spectacle. That's it. Put it in that comment section and know it's coming to pass. God's going to make you a spectacle. It's day four of the fast. Pray you're pressing in with us. Believe in God for increase because God is going to increase you. Stay praying. Stay fasting. Let me encourage you to do this. Sow a seed by faith. Sow a seed by faith today. If you've not sown a seed this month, take a moment and do it. Take a moment and do it. If you've not partnered with us yet and the Lord's speaking to you, take a moment and do it. We have people joining with us every day. Let me say this. As you sow seed, as you're partnering, you're not just changing the world by your faithfulness. God's changing you. Your seeds are coming back as harvests that are going to blow your mind. Hallelujah. They're going to blow your mind. I keep getting texts every morning from people that God keeps doing things. Somebody sent me a text this morning, said we went to pay a, a bill that we had. Let me read it to you. I won't read the name because I don't want to put their business out there. But listen to this. 
Praise Jesus, my husband and I went to pay a bill yesterday and found out we owed nothing. This led to being able to purchase a new couch on our faith wall and, and an awning for our camper because both were on sale. We were able to pay cash in full, money left to sow as seed. I was promoted supernaturally in my business. New doors are opening up. My foot was healed. Praise Jesus for expedited favor and violent increase in just a few days into our fasting. Hallelujah. Just a few days into our fasting. And I'm going to tell you, God's going to do the same for you. Debts are going to be canceled. Increase is going to come. It's going to be so supernatural. I'm just telling you, for the faithful, for the diligent. And so the information's on the screen. If you'd like to become a partner, go to miracleword.com and sign up today. Fill out the form, set up a monthly seed. Yeah, that was all the same person. <laughs> that was all one person. You can also use PayPal, Cash App, Venmo if you're in the United States. And um, we say thank you. Here's what we're going to do. For everybody that's sowing $85 or more this month, if you'd like to receive it, if you'd like to receive this book that we're making available by Dr. John Evanzini, you have to claim your offer. So you've got to go to miracleword.com forward slash offer, fill out the form, let us know how you gave and what your address is, and let us know you'd like to receive this book. If you've sewn $85 or more in July, claim that offer. And if you do, we'll send it to you as our gift to you to say thanks this month for being a partner and standing with us and in, in sowing seeds. And those of you that are sowing largely, and people are sowing largely, we're going to do something for you as well. We're going to give you a hardcover edition of Further Faster and a genuine leather copy of the Life Application Study Bible. We want to be a blessing to you. And I'm telling you, you're a blessing to us. We pray for you. As you're fasting and praying, do me a favor. If you want to text me your prayer requests, I'm praying for you. And I want to hear from you. Send me a text. Let me know what you're believing God for. And uh, I'm going to include you in my prayers. Part of my prayer points is God blesses our friends, our partners, the Victory Tribe. God blesses and heals, delivers every one of us. I'm telling you, it's already been the greatest year I've ever seen, and it's getting greater in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It's getting greater in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I love you guys so much. Now, don't forget, 3 p.m. today, Carolyn's back with the homeschool session, Common Sense Guide to Homeschooling. She's answering questions. She's allaying your fears. If you were nervous about it, starting it, doing what God's asked you to do with your kids, don't be afraid, don't be nervous, don't be anxious, and don't miss these sessions. Yesterday, she had a great crowd join her for these sessions. I'm telling you, it's going to get better and better, and your, your questions are going to be answered. If you'd like to ask her a question, you can send her a message on Instagram, her username, at... Carolyn Shuttlesworth on Instagram. Send her a DM. Ask her a question and she'll get to it um, during this session. It's going to be extremely helpful. Uh, she's going to take time to explain to you, show you pictures of what she's doing here with the kids. It's great. And I know so many people are now uh, thinking about doing this themselves. And uh, it's there's never been a better time <laughs> to start homeschooling than now. So... Uh, don't miss that. And then back again tonight, 9 p.m. It's going to be a great day, man. I love you guys so much. Thanks for hanging with me. And thanks for sewing. Thanks for partnering. I love you so much. We'll talk to you soon. See you at 3 o'clock. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.